So um, let's get to the word. I'm going to go through it. Um, this is a Thanksgiving service. I don't believe, I thought that I could not, you know, preach a holiday message. But I realized that Thanksgiving has nothing to do with a holiday. When I begin to engage in this word, I'm like, God, this is a wonderful word and a timely word. I believe that we need a rhema word, right? A now word for our situation. Amen? And this word of, on, on, on thanksgiving is exactly what we need to be reminded of. Because there's so much going on in our society. So let's begin. We're reading from Exodus first. Exodus chapter 25, verse 1 and 2. I need to get some water. Exodus chapter 25, I'm actually reading from verse 1 to verse 9, but I'm going to skip a couple of verses. And it says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, this is the pastor in the church in the wilderness, saying, speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. It costs to worship, right? Verse 8 says this, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I might dwell among them, praise God, according to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle, and the pattern of all the instruments thereof. Even so shall you make it. And let's turn one more scripture, Psalm 100, verse 3 through 5. And it says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. And what? Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. Can I get an amen for that? Let's praise God for that scripture. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to preach on this. It's a declaration. I want us to get it to engage. Help me to preach this morning. Let's, let's be engaged. Praise God. The declaration that we're going to de declare is this. Thank you, Lord. Can we say it now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for health for strength, for provision, for life. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us. Thank you, Lord, for being our God. Thank you, God, for giving us your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. We come here today in the sanctuary with a, a heart of gratitude. Thank you, Lord. Even though things may not be perfect, thank you, God, because you are here with us. 
And you said you will never leave us or forsake us. You will never do it. And we won't leave you either, God. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And can we say amen? You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Let me get some water real quick. Amen. You know, Thanksgiving, I, I want to speak first on the power of Thanksgiving. It's not just something that we do because God desires us to thank him. It's, it's more than that. Everything in the, the word of God benefits us. I noticed that. So when we give thanks, power is released. And some of us sometimes, we have this, this question in our mind, what is the will of God? Well, if we read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says this, in everything give thanks. Watch this. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning who? You and me. The Bible says in everything, it makes it plain. Meaning in the good times and in the bad times. When things are going the way we expected it to, to, to go. And when crises come, God says, my will for you. In those seasons, in those changes and variables of life, my will for you is to give me thanks. God says, this is my will for you in Christ concerning you, that we give God thanks. We're in a time now where, you know, I know we don't understand what's going on. We don't understand or we can't see the end of this pandemic and the end of these Things that are going on with the economy and people are losing jobs and houses and people are sick in their bodies and in the hospital. All these different things are going on all over the world. And I know it's hard at times to be joyful, right? It's difficult sometimes to really find something to smile about. But it shouldn't be so for the people of God because we don't give God thanks or have joy based on what's going on around us. We give God praise and give him thanks because of who he is. Amen. Yes. Do not let these masks this morning stop from praising God, by the way. Come on, church. Am I in the right church? I know I am. We're in an apostolic church. We are praisers because we know God. A cloth on your face shouldn't stop you from praising God. Come on now. <laughs> Amen. So let's praise, clap. God is good. Thanksgiving, number one, glorifies God. I'm going to go quickly. 2 Corinthians 4.15 says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundance of abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. God's grace reaches more and more people. As it reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Thanksgiving also helps us to see God. If you can't see him clearly, thanksgiving will clear the clutter, clear all the depression and all the things going on in your mind so you can see God. Thanksgiving opens our spiritual eyes. 
There's a beautiful cycle in giving God thanks. The more we thank him, the more we see him working in us and around us. Thanksgiving helps us sense God's presence, his personal care, and his perfect timing. James 1, 16, 17 says this, do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Thanksgiving gets rid of the worry keeping us up at night. Many of us are stressed out to the point where we can't function and we can't um, occupy till he comes because we're just stressed on, about things that does not even matter. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 gives us the antidote to this stress at night, the pill to take. Amen. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. He says, yes, you're feeling bad, but I want you to, I do want you to bring your request to me. But when you come to me, come with me with thanksgiving. Because you know that the God you're praying to hears you. And you understand that the God you're praying to loves you. And that he has the power to change your situation. Amen. So he says to cast all your cares upon him because he cares for us. Thanksgiving gets rid of the worry. Thanksgiving draws us to God. There's a story in Luke 17 of um, the lepers, the ten lepers that went to Christ and received healing. Their pain was, was diminished. The sores were gone. But the Bible says that only one went back to thank him. You see, thanksgiving leads you to God. Sometimes people pray and God blesses them, but then they go their own way. But when you have a grateful heart, when you're thankful, it will bring you back to him. And look what happens. This one man who was thankful and went back to God, what happened? The Bible says he was made whole. God is not trying to do a halfway work in our lives. God wants a holistic work to be done. He wants body, soul, and spirit to be presented to him blameless. Praise God. He wants to present us to himself perfect and whole. But that happens for people who are thankful. Amen? We have to continue with the Lord and, and continue to worship him. Thanksgiving brings contentment. This is so important. Being thankful is the key to contentment. God is speaking this morning to us. 1 Timothy 6, 6-8. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. But for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothes or raiment, let us be therewith content. I remember one time um, I was on the phone with, with, with someone. We were dealing with the same issue. We got on the phone and we started to complain together because we understand that misery loves company, right? Amen? Right. So we started to get in this complaining party, and the Holy Spirit said, no, mm -mm. count your blessings. It came to my spirit. So I stopped, and I was like, you know what? Let's try to come up with 20 things 
that we're thankful for. We got to three. We got to six and then 10 and 12. And then we got, it was kind of hard to think of stuff. By the time we got to 20, we were speaking in tongues. The glory of God was upon us. Praise the Lord. Thanksgiving brings contentment. You begin to see that the things like that, you are blessed, that you are rich in Christ, that you have more than a lot of people in this world. You could go in your fridge and pick and choose and refuse. You go in your closet and you have a plethora of stuff to choose from the wear, shoes and all these things. We are a blessed people. We're not living in huts. We're not homeless. We are blessed, especially in this country. Pray for our country. Thanksgiving leads to joy. The overflow of thanksgiving is joy. Realizing God's abundant goodness, even in hardships, is a gateway for joy. Psalm 126, 1 through 3 says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. When God give us our building and people are coming in, this is our scripture right here. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. I'm prophesying this. Lord, we want this. Verse 3, the Lord has done great things for for us, wherefore we are glad. Thanksgiving helps us to live in this present world. There's a saying that says this, wherever you are, be all there. How many of us wake up in the morning just going through the motions of life? This is the antidote. This is the answer. Thanksgiving helps us to live in the present. Ecclesiastes seven ten says this. Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? Don't think of the past. Live for today, hoping for tomorrow. For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning these things. Where we look back and say, man, back in the, those days, uh, I was doing so much more. Back in the days, this, 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 that's not wise, God says. It says, live in the moment. Give him thanks today for where you are. Thanksgiving is a testimony. It says here in Psalm 105.1, it says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Thanksgiving testifies of the goodness of God. When you're in your workplace and people are watching the news and, uh, and having these discussions about politics and, and, all the, and, and, and the pandemic and all these things and they're just beating themselves down and down. You're supposed to come in now with a thankful heart, knowing the Lord and change the atmosphere wherever you are. That's a testimony. People will, will be drawn to you now and they begin to ask you questions and begin to engage, and you're able now to lead them to Christ. Amen? Amen. Thanksgiving is a powerful, powerful thing. So this brings us now to our text in Exodus. We see here in the previous chapters, we see God delivering Israel out of Egypt on eagle's wings. This is important. Although they were delivered out of bondage in Egypt, they were placed in a wilderness to learn how to fight, endure, and trust God, lest they faint along the way and give up. God took them out of Egypt, out of bondage, and brought them into a wilderness. 
if Egypt represents sin and bondage, then the wilderness represents the world, meaning our surroundings, culture, perils, you know, the dangers or difficulties that arise from particular situations or activities like COVID-19. It's just life, the wilderness. It teaches us that no one, this is important, no one is untouchable. Everyone will go through something in life. Everyone will go through failure, setbacks, disappointments, and crisis in life. It's a promise. Amen? That's the wilderness. No one is immune to affliction. The Bible declares that many are the afflictions of what? The righteous. But the Lord deliver us from them all. That's the promise. Amen. We will go through trials. Sometimes, I'm saying this because sometimes we can condemn ourselves when things happen to us. We begin to be like Job's friends and saying the reason why I'm going through this is because maybe I sinned or maybe God doesn't love me anymore because he sees my weakness. But that is far from the truth. Everyone, righteous and unrighteous, will go through trials. But the difference with us is when we hold on to Jesus, he brings us to higher heights and deeper depths. Amen. The trials that come do not come to destroy us, but it comes to fine-tune us. It comes to bring glory to God. How would we know that he is a deliverer unless we had an oppressor? How would we know, or how would we know that God is a healer if we did not have an affliction in our body? I have learned something because, like Solomon said, when he went through different things, he kept his wisdom. When I go through trials, or before that, I used to, well, I still do, of course, visit people and see them in the blood of affliction and see them going through trials. And I would say to myself, all right, God, I know that one day these things could happen to me. I begin to prepare myself to say, Lord, if I go through any trial, I'm going to give you thanks. I am going to continue to do what I always have done, read the word and pray. And I have done it. There's times where I've been sick and, and I feel horrible, but I will pray. And if I can't pray by myself, I will call my prayer partners and we will pray at 12 o'clock. We will pray and the Holy Ghost will just take over. And even though my outer man is perishing, my inner man is being renewed every day. I have tested those scriptures and it's true. Praise God. So... What this tells us, it tells us that we are in the world, but we're not in it. Even though we are not of it, we are still in the world. Why do we call the world a wilderness, by the way? I remember our brother Aaron preached a powerful message at night service about the wilderness. I still remember it to this day. And I'm like, man, that's some good preaching. Whenever someone preaches who's anointed, preaches on the wilderness, it's always good preaching. And I always thought to myself, is that just good preaching? Because I do it too. Is that good preaching or is it biblical? The wilderness being the world, right? We know that it fits because they journeyed through the wilderness. But let's see 
in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 16 through 17, speaking on the Babylonian king, but also in the spirit re referring to Satan. It says, so Satan we're speaking of right now. It says in 16, they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, is this man, is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the kingdoms? Verse 17, watch this. That made the world as a wilderness? It is Satan who has made our world a wilderness. In the wilderness, there are beasts and wild animals and disease and pestilence. All these things are in the wilderness. These things came into the world through sin. And Satan is working through the unregenerated hearts of men. And these things now are coming upon us in this world because Satan has made the world a wilderness. So what are we saying now? Now that we understand that we are in the wilderness, it brings us again now to Exodus 25. Because I want to show you what the Lord says to his people in the wilderness. Why we can have hope. Why we can be grateful for the God that we serve. Look what he says here, back to the beginning of scripture. Exodus 25 verse 8. It says this, speaking to Moses in the wilderness. He says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. God says, in the, in the wilderness of your life, in the process of your life, where there are perils, failures, and depression, and things that come upon us because of sin and Satan. He says, I want to dwell among you in the wilderness. He said to Moses and saying to you today and me today, he, he says to make me a sanctuary. How do we make God a sanctuary right now? The Bible tells us that he inhabits the praises of his people. We are, we can make God a dwelling place. Give God residence even right now in this sanctuary when we begin to praise him from the fruit of our lips. Let's do it right now, church. Let's praise God right now. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We make you, God, a sanctuary right now, God, that you can dwell among us, that you can be with us, Lord, in this crazy world, in this world, this wilderness, God, that we are going through. We will make you a sanctuary in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God, we make you a sanctuary. Dwell among us, Lord. Dwell among our children. Dwell among our families because we need you, God. John 14 and 18, Jesus says, listen, I, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Same God yesterday, today, and forever. He's going to come. So I want to show you some things now that the tabernacle in the wilderness where God says, to, I will be with you. The, there are things in there that God is showing us that we need to be thankful for today. All things written aforetime were written for our learning, right? That we, that we through scriptures might have comfort and hope. So we see now that the tabernacle is a shadow, okay, of the revelation of Jesus Christ. The tabernacle points us to Jesus. The tabernacle speaks on the gospel. There should be a chart coming up soon, um, 
tech people's up. Amen. On the screen, you should see the chart. This is the pattern of the tabernacle. So as we go in now, I want to start where God starts. The first piece of furniture, I won't be long. It's going to flow when we're done. The first piece of furniture that we see being made in the tabernacle is the Ark of Covenant. There are three sections in the tabernacle. The Holy of Holies, where God dwelt, the glory was there. The most holy place and the outer court. You can see that on the screen. And God started to build from the inside. He started to build from the Holy of Holies. Why is that important? Because when God is doing something new in your life, he begins in the inside. Sometimes we're looking around us to see the change. God said, no, no, you're looking in the wrong place. Look inside of you. Last year you had no faith. But this year, because of what you have been through, now you believe me. I'm doing a new thing. Have you perceived it yet? Can you see it? Some of you are sitting here wondering, God, is, are you here with God? Said, look, at, look at yourself. You are proof I'm with you. Because you've been through so much between last year and now, and you're still in the house of God. You're still giving God glory. It wasn't your own strength that did it. It was Jesus. So we see the ark of covenant letting us know that God is a covenant-keeping God. On the covenant, on, on the ark, there was the two cherubims, and in between that was the mercy seat. And by the mercy seat is where God's glory would be. Letting us know that his covenant with us is expressed through mercy. We have mercy with God. He, he allowed this furniture to be built because he wanted to dwell with his people. And mercy is there. God has a covenant with us. No matter what we go through in life, he has made a covenant. And that covenant is unconditional. When he couldn't swear by anything else, he sweared by himself, he said. I swear I'll bless you. This is the covenant that we have with Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? He's with us. His glory is with us. This is the first thing that he told Moses to make. So we can be thankful that God is with us in the wilderness. We can be thankful that his presence is with us wherever we go. The priest could only go into the Holy of Holies one time, once a year. But now through Christ, he makes a way for us into holiness. And the Bible declares that we can come to his throne of grace, but come boldly. Meaning anytime we need him, we can come to him. You could be in your car if you need him. You can enter in to the holiness, the holies of holies in Jesus' name. Hebrews 10, 19 says this, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest how? By the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. Oh my goodness, this is the gospel. When he was pierced in his side, it opened up the new way for us to come into his throne room and speak to him anytime, any day, any moment. God, we are thankful for your covenant. When we come down now, we come, 
we leave the Holy of Holies and we come now to the altar of incense. The fire on the altar of incense is the fire from the altar of sacrifice. And it is brought inside into the altar of incense. Because God is telling us first that repentance must be first before we can praise and worship. We have to repent. Acknowledge him. Have a change of mind and purpose. And then we can praise and worship. And the altar of incense. We could give thanks for that place because we are thankful that God hears our prayers. This is a place of intercession. This is where God reminds us that when you pray, I hear you. And if you know, if he says, if we are confident and know that he hears us, we have the petition that we ask for. God's ears are open to you. That's why the enemy wants to condemn you. That's why he wants you to carry the burden of guilt and shame so that you won't appropriate the blessing that God has given us. Access. In the Song of Solomon, he says, I love to hear your voice. When you speak to me, I, I love to hear the sound of your petitions. I love to hear the sound of your requests because you're telling me that you believe me and that you need me. In the kingdom of God, the more we, Luke, the more we need God is the better we are. Last Sunday. We need him and he knows that. Pray for your family. We see it with Christ in the garden. He prayed, and God gave him strength in the flesh to fulfill his purpose. If you need to fulfill your purpose and you feel weak, pray. Christ says, not my will, but thy will be done. Then the angels came and ministered unto him in the wilderness. Right? In your wilderness, pray. We see Jesus Christ praying in John chapter 17. And he said, as he was praying for his apostles, I don't only pray for them, but I pray for those that will believe in me through their word. Speaking of me and you, us here, you and I, God says he hears us. And the altar of incense reminds us, reminds us of that. Then we have the showbread. The showbread was where the bread, the, the, the priest had to um, have fresh bread every morning, every day. And that bread represents the word of God. We can be thankful at this place knowing that we have the word of God to instruct us. How many of you need instruction? How many of you are praying for, clar for, for clarity? Amen. It's true, right? God needs clarity of what to do. He says, my word, my instructions for you are fresh every day. Jesus says that his body is the bread. And his body was given for us so that we may live and have life. That we won't hunger or thirst. This is the gospel. Also here we're thankful for the ministers of God. We're, right here we, we, we remember the pastors who are preaching the word of God. Our pastor, the evangelists, the ministers. Because it's through the preaching of, of the gospel that we are free. That we know him. How can they believe? Unless they hear. How can they hear unless someone preaches? And how can they preach unless they're sent? 
God gave the ministers, all of us, the responsibility to feed the word, the world, the bread of life. To feed the church, the lambs and the sheep, the bread of life. Amen? When we come now to the candlesticks, the seven candlesticks, I love it here. It's here where we are thankful for the Holy Ghost. Oh my goodness. It's here where we're reminded that we are, we are not alone. How do we know we're saved? How do we know God is with us? Because we have him inside. Praise God. He that speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to man but unto God. And he speaks mysteries. Praise God. And we're edified. Tongues is a powerful, powerful thing. We are built up. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's for you. It's for believers. John 7, verse 37 through 39 tells us that. That he that believes in me, as the scripture says, Christ speaking, out of his belly, his spirit shall flow rivers of living water. Here we are reminded of this. We're reminded that we have the gifts of the spirit that, that flows in the church. Like tongues, interpretation, and, and, and prophecy, right? It blesses us. The anointing blesses us. The anointing destroys the yoke. Hallelujah. He gives us beauty for ashes. The oil of joy. Praise God. The garment of praise. We have all these things through the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is Jesus. So I will be with you. I read it earlier. Also, it reminds us of the fruit of the Spirit, the character of God. We're able to be like Christ because of the Spirit he has given us. The fruit of the Spirit. Then we come out now. We go through the door, and on that door, there are five posts, and it reminds us that he is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and the prince of peace. And we come out to the laver, and the laver was this big bowl, praise the Lord, that was made from the looking glasses of the woman. You see how God loved women? He used women. Don't let anyone tell you that you're not valuable. There's false religion out there that's degrading our women in church. No, you are powerful. There's a place for you in the body of Christ. That's what I'm trying to say. Amen. He used the, the glasses, the, the same, you know, fix your hair. He said, give me that. I need that. Because I want to use it to really show you who you are. When the priest would wash off the blood in that laver, he would see his reflection. And he'll also see the blood that was slain on the altar of, of sacrifice. Here is where we understand that God washes us here. It's his doing. His word washes us. The Bible says, Christ speaking to his disciples says, you are clean through the words I've spoken to you. What does that mean? He says, you are clean through my teachings. That's why we investigate the gospels and we learn what Christ has to say and we obey it because we know it makes us clean. And also here for some of you, who are not born again. This is where we really see the gospel come, um, come alive because the gospel is for the world, right? And here, the outer courts, we're in the open elements. Here's where we see water baptism in the name of Jesus. Water baptism is where, one of the places where the blood is applied to your life. The blood that sprinkles on your conscience and frees you from guilt. The blood of Jesus that gives you access to him. 
the blood of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, that sanctifies you and, and brings you and makes peace with God. This is where it happens at baptism. If you are here this morning and you are not baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, today's your day. Do not leave, please, do not leave this place, this building, this sanctuary without fulfilling what God has given you in this wilderness. It's a gift. At the laver, we're thankful for baptism in his name because we know it's here, it's here where he cuts covenant and he circumcises our hearts. Amen. And we go on now to the altar of sacrifice. And this is where we see the substitution that God has done for us, the, the, the offering for our sin, the Lamb of God slain. We are thankful today because Jesus took our sins. This is the, the covenant. He told his apostles, his disciples, take this cup. This is my blood in the new covenant. I believe that Thanksgiving morning, every husband and man and every person that's, that's the head of their household should do communion Thanksgiving morning and, and, and lift the cup up and say, this is Jesus' blood of the new covenant that was given for us. That blood that forgive our sins, that blood that washes away our sins, right, and do all these things for us. We're reminded of that at the altar of sacrifice. And then we come now to the last place, and I'm going to close with this. You can stand if, you, if you're able to. In the tabernacle, we see this last thing, the gate. And at the gate, there's four posts. And we understand that Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the door into all the things that we just mentioned and we're grateful for. He, is, he gives us access into the blessings of God in this wilderness. The four posts represents the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that's why now we see here in Psalm 100, verse 4, he says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. He says, Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Can we praise God right now a little bit? Hallelujah, Jesus. God, you are worthy, Lord. Lord, we bless your name, Jesus. God, we thank you, God, for access to you. We thank you, God, for the gospel. We thank you, Lord, hallelujah, for your truth, for your sacrifice, for baptism in your name, for the Holy Ghost, Lord. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, that when we pray, you hear us, Lord Jesus. We thank you, God, that in the wilderness, you are with us because you are a covenant-keeping God. You keep God covenant, Lord, throughout all generations in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you, God. Hallelujah. As the music comes, if there's anyone here that needs prayer, you're able, um, of course, safely to come up and pray at the altars. You can pray. I wouldn't leave so quickly. Allow God to, to work because God is doing something new. And remember, it begins inside. Aren't we grateful now? Are we grateful? 
for all God has done for us. The tabernacle is Jesus. God that dwell amongst us. If you read that in John chapter 1, it means God who tabernacled himself among us. He's with us. The word of God manifests. The tabernacle represents the gospel. We have all these things in this wilderness called the world that we live in. And that's why we're so passionate about it because we see the blessings. We have revelation of what God is doing in our lives. Come on, somebody. Let's pray. Keep bow your heads right now. Let's pray. Oh, God, you know, God, the need. You know the need, Lord, in the sanctuary, God. I pray now, God, that you will do something in someone's heart, Lord. Someone here needs to be baptized. Someone here needs to be filled with your spirit. They cannot go any, any further without you. Lord, grip them. Get a hold of them, Lord God, right now. And show them that you love them. Show them, encourage them, Lord, to go into that watery grave, that covenant waters, Lord God, called baptism in your name. And God, I pray that someone here today, as we worship and continue to magnify your name, will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Right now, God, today, Lord, fill someone with your spirit out of their belly will flow rivers of living water. Out of their belly will flow rivers of living water. Let it be done, Jesus. Show us your strength, Lord. Show us your mercy. Show us your power, God. Continue, Lord, to bless this church. Continue, God, to strengthen our pastor, Pastor Kyle, to lead us in this wilderness as Moses led and Joshua led the children of Israel. Oh, God, strengthen the members in this body, Lord God. Begin to stir up men and women who will declare, God, your word. Strengthen, God, and raise up men and women who you, who, who you are calling into the ministry. There are people here, God, who will be going into full-time ministry. People here, God, who you are calling to work in the vineyard. People who you are calling, God, hallelujah, to do connect groups and plant churches, teach Bible studies, Lord. And God, as we go forth, Lord, from today on, we pray, God, that you will confirm your word with signs following. Let people with cancer be healed. People with diabetes be healed. Let the dead be raised back to life in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Let the gift of prophecy flow through us, God. Tongues, interpretation, Lord. Oh, God, we need God, we need you, Lord. Your power and demonstration of your spirit. Hallelujah. 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 If you want that, praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's me, God. That's me, Lord. Anoint me, Jesus. Choose me, God, to be your vessel in these last days. Choose me, God, to be a vessel of honor in the name of Jesus. Let's worship God a little bit. And we are dismissed. If you want to leave, you can. But if you want to be in the overflow, stay. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, we will baptize you today in Jesus' name. We love you guys. Amen.